Hello and welcome. It's the pleasure of Power to Change to present Family Life Today each week, Monday through Friday at this time. We'd love you to contact this station and tell them how much you appreciate hearing Family Life Today. Well, let's get started on today's edition. All right, I'll ask you this, and I think I know because you wrote a book on it, but let's see. Let's see if if I get the answer. You might have a different answer now. What do you think the most important thing a parent can do, Mm. Christian parent, if he's hoping and dreaming and praying he or she to raise radical followers of Christ Mm. in his children? First, pray. I mean, we all say that. Okay, we all know to pray, but seriously, pray. But the other thing is you live it in front of them. I didn't realize Mm. how big that is until we had teenagers Mm. because they're basically saying, I really don't care what you say. I'm watching what you do. Yeah. Yeah. And I'd say that's the most important because when you are radically following and loving Jesus, they can't help but notice that. And, And not in a way, if you're doing that, you understand the grace that God has put on your life. You understand what it means to love people. If you're being the Pharisee and if you're all being super legalistic, your kids will totally not buy it. Mm. But if you're living a life like Christ, and in no means did we do that perfectly at all. Like we failed miserably, but we told our kids, you guys, we're, we're failing. We're not doing very well. But even that honesty seemed to help. What would you say? Well, I don't, it doesn't matter what I think. I think we want to ask Jeff Norris, who's sitting in the studio with us, uh, oh, pastor of Perimeter Church up in Atlanta, Georgia. Jeff, welcome back. Thank you. Thank you. So and, glad to be here again. Yeah. I mean, the reason I'm asking you is you wrote a book called Rooted, you know, Lifestyle yeah. of Radical Dependence. I've read it. It's a great book. You've got kids. You've got teenage kids. Mm-hmm. How many kids do you have? We have four, 19, almost 15, 13, and 10. Okay, so, so you're three in teenagers. It. We're, yeah. we're in the thick of it. We're yeah. in the thick of it. So I'll throw the same question yeah. out to you. Yeah. Um, I agree with Ann. I think living it is huge. Yeah. But you're right in it right now. You know, we have grandkids now, so we've gone through that season. You wrote a book about radical dependence on Christ for yourself, but as you are living that and being a parent, what yeah. would you say to number one thing? Well, first, let me say this, and this is you know classic. Uh, sucking up to the host, but you, know, you guys do not look like you're old enough to have grandkids. So. Oh, you're so you're nice. Gonna, you're going to have to tell Rachel that, and I want to know your secret. Can that we is sucking up to the host. Jeff That's back? Can we keep having him back more and more? <laughs> um, you know, uh, here's what I would say about parenting. It's, uh, yeah, newsflash. Humbling. It is so hard. <laughs> it is so hard. And um, I've felt the need a lot of times to feel like I have to give right answers to Mm. church members because you sit in a seat, you know, you're a senior pastor, you're supposed to have the answers. And it is so freeing uh, to tell church members and friends and whoever, you know, like, I I don't know. I I, I know some things and there's a lot that I don't know. And here's what I do know. I do know that uh, I agree with Ann. We have to live it out. We have to pray. We have to be dependent upon the Lord to do what only he can do. I keep bringing up Randy Pope, the founder of our church that I followed as senior pastor. He had a great phrase that he used all the time, which was attempt something so great for God that it's doomed to fail unless God be in it. I and, love that. Yeah. And we use it. It's our church motto. And I think that describes parenting really well. Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> attempt something so great for God that it's doomed to fail unless God be in it. A lot of days feel like that. God, I'm trying to raise these children 
to glorify you and raise them in admonition of the Lord. And I feel like I am messing it up at every turn. I don't know how to deal with this situation or that situation. Uh, sometimes my wife and I aren't in agreement on how to handle this situation. <laughs> and I think she's handling it wrong and she thinks I'm handling it wrong. And what do we do, Lord? And unless you show up, our kids are going to fall apart, which is not true. It's all in the grace of God. But that's how you feel. I've often said that I probably, hopefully, Lord willing, I'm a better dad than I think I am in my mind. But I've often said that if I've done anything right in front of my kids is that I've I've been faithful to repent. Um, That's what I was going to yeah. ask you. You know, what have you done right? And yeah. I'd love to hear what you think you've done wrong. Or if yeah. you want, just tell us what your wife has done wrong. There you go. <laughs> no, what she's done right. Yeah. But that's one of them. That would be well, I'm yeah. a confessor, repenter, apologizer. Yeah. And, of course, I haven't done that perfectly by any means. But yeah. I, I feel like, okay, in front of my kids, I, I have I've prayed with them. And, and they've heard me say many times over, Father, forgive me. Forgive me for the way I just raised my voice. Forgive me of how I jumped to conclusions. Forgive me how I didn't believe the best in, in my daughter in this situation. Forgive me of you know, how I lost my temper, whatever it may be. And you've prayed and, this out loud in front of your kids. Yes, yes. And and then secondarily, that's first and foremost, is that prayers of repentance with my kids to the Lord. And then admissions or repentance uh, to my wife, apologizing to Rachel in front of them. Sweetie, I'm really sorry. Hey, I really overreacted there. And not doing it for my kids, but if they're in the room, not telling them to go hey, go away. I need to talk to your mom. No, but you need to hear your dad admit I was wrong. Um, that's a hard thing for, for everyone to do. For whatever, for whatever reason, men t- tend to struggle with that even more. Traditionally, at least, I think I'm the worst in our family. <laughs> and and so, but just man, that is so huge. There's so much that in doing that uh, breaks down uh, walls of hostility that can exist within the home. And so, I would rather parent out of weakness, showing my dependence upon the Lord, than out of giving a, a mirage to my kids that I have it together. Well, I think for our kids to watch us do something that to them looks like that's dumb. Yeah. Why would you do that? That feels really risky. I'm thinking about. You're talking about a step of faith? I'm not thinking like about a dumb, money. Oh, yeah. I'm thinking. Giving away. We pledged this tithing. amount of money to tie to our church. It was a capital campaign that we were running. And Dave came to me one day and said, here's what I feel like God's saying. And I said, like, that would be dumb. That would be irresponsible. (laughs) That would not be wise. That would not be frugal. And I said, but let me pray about that. Mm. And I can remember our kids were teenagers at the time, and we brought them in on this. And they It was said, the equivalent of one year in college. That's and they were like, was. that seems we're dumb. Like, we're going to give away tuition for one year. <laughs> and it's right, on top right. of our regular tithing. Yeah, yeah. And so I can remember one son said, that just doesn't even make sense that mm-hmm. you would give that amount of money. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And we're like, we know. <laughs> like, yep. It doesn't make sense to us either. But we feel called to that. Yep. And so when I went to Dave and said, I prayed about it, and darn it, I feel like it's the same amount that you said. And so it was by faith. We It was a radical dependence upon God because we had kids in college. Yeah. So that felt really Absolutely. irresponsible. And yet, 
I think our kids were watching. <laughs> I think they're all sitting back as teenagers like, oh, this is going to be interesting. Let's right. see what God does, if he does anything, or this is this just our parents being silly. What, about two and years this later? This doesn't always happen. We'll say. Sure. Like, this hasn't sure. always Yeah, it happened. isn't like, hey, you do this, you get this. But it was, it was a couple years later, our son gets a full ride to play college football and – to this day, by the way, he still comes to me and says, hey, you still owe me money. You know, I'm like, what? I got you a free college scholarship. You're buying dinner tonight. I'm like, that only lasts so many years after. But it was a moment where our kids could watch and go, wow. I love that. I love everything about that. And I, and I agree with, you know, we, we often couch stories like that with God doesn't always yeah. return what we invest in terms of if we're going to sacrifice and be radically dependent. You know, we, we, we say that, and rightfully so, because we're so we're <laughs> yeah. so c- careful with the prosperity gospel, right? Mm-hmm. right? We don't want people thinking that God's a genie in the bottle. Right. And, you know, this cosmic, you know, grandfather that's just ready. To, right. But what we do need to press into the reality that when we are radically dependent upon him, he takes care of us. Hmm. He meets us where we need to be met. Now, sometimes that's with... Right. Tangible means, but it's always with more of him. Yeah. It's always with more of him, satisfying us in the deepest ways and providing for us in every way. Sometimes those provisions are different than we would have, what we would have ever asked for, but it's still his provision. I think with with radical dependence and that whole mindset of being rooted in radical dependence, is it has to be so very Jesus-centered and cross-centered. Because what do you see him being? Who is Jesus? Jesus is God in the flesh who came to give himself up, to be so very radically dependent upon the Father. I and the Father are one. I can do nothing apart from the Father. If we want to begin to get a definition of what is dependence upon the Lord, then we stare at Jesus. We stare at him. We watch him in his relationship with the Father. So you're saying... Because when I hear you say it's got to be Jesus-centered and cross-centered, part of me is like, of course, what else could it be? But it could very easily be radical dependence on my career, yes, my bank account. My money, yeah. You name it, right? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, and I'm even saying this, absolutely that. But then even think about it this way, uh, we can make anything selfish and self-centered about us. (laughs) So we can even become radically dependent for the sake of just being dependent and feeling the what feels like religious progression because I'm being sacrificial. So in other words, at the heart of being radically dependent, and, and in the book I talk about being uh, being radically dependent in sacrifice and, and self-denial. Well, there's all kinds of world religions that are centered on sacrifice and self-denial mm. that aren't centered on Jesus. There you go, yeah. And And so is it just, hey, let's be sacrificial and and deny self. Well, if that's it, then go be a monk. You can, you can be Buddhist and do that. You can be. There's all kinds of things you can do and be sacrificial. And that's why I say it has to be so very Jesus-centered and cross-centered because it's it's not just so that we can feel better about ourselves. Hey, look at me. I'm being sacrificial, and I feel really religious because I'm doing it. And God must be happy with me because of how sacrificial I'm being. Well, all of a sudden, that's a very self-centered way. Of being dependent sacrificially, if that makes sense. Yeah. It's self-sacrifice and it's self-denial so that I get more of Jesus. Hmm. So that in my emptiness, he fills me up. Then in my weakness, he makes me strong. That it's his power at work in me. That it's doomed to failure unless God be in it. 
You know, it's it's that kind of Christ-centeredness that has to be present. Otherwise, why are we pursuing <laughs> radical dependence? Mm. Yeah, I love you. you. You quote John Stott, and I'm going to read it back to you. I mean, I mean, you wrote it in your book, but I want to hear you respond yeah. to what he said. Because in some ways, as we're having this discussion about radical dependence and being rooted and also trying to pray and dream that our kids would be adult followers who are rooted and radically dependent, I think the world and our kids are not looking for this. It's mm. an interesting quote. John Stott said, large numbers of people have covered themselves with a decent but thin veneer of Christianity. Mm. They have allowed themselves to be respectable, but not enough to be uncomfortable. Their religion is a great soft cushion. Mm. It protects them from the hard unpleasantness of life while changing its place and shape to suit their convenience. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that that's... Warm and fuzzy, <laughs> yeah, isn't it? right? <laughs> it's like bam, right in your face, oh, between the eyes. Uh, yeah, I love and hate that quote from Stott. I love it because he's spot on. I hate it because it hurts. Mm. You know, I, I, if I'm not mistaken, he wrote that in the '70s, in the 1970s, and it feels like he wrote it yeah. for Yesterday. the church today. Yeah, and. What he saw back then has only perpetuated since then in in the American church, at least. And that's our context. So we can speak to that. And that is, that's what we have presented people. That's the Christianity that so many churches and Christians have have settled for. Hmm. And what we've made our God is our comfort. What we've made our God is we want that thin veneer because then we can keep living life the way that we want to and just wrap it in Jesus language or Christian language or church language. And at the end of the day, we're not pursuing him. Hmm. We're pursuing our, our own, what we want and our own desires and, and what ends up happening and what, what ends up being flipped and, and twisted is that Jesus becomes the means to the end of what we really want. And not the end in and of himself. And so I'll, I'll tell you this story, and we may be out of time. But so our son, we have we have one son, three daughters. Our three girls are biological. Our son, we adopted. He's our oldest. We adopted him when he was three from Ukraine. And we went over in the and spent the whole month of November 2005 uh, in Kiev, Ukraine, doing just you know paperwork, meeting with officials, so on and so forth. Well, in God's goodness and sovereignty, we were. Uh, we were there that whole month, not only to do that, but to get to know him. Every day we got to go for about two hours to the orphanage. Ended up being such a blessing because he got used to us, we got used to him. And so the day we took him home, it wasn't so startling for him. But every day we would go and they would put us in this little playroom in the orphanage. One of the greatest desires that I had is I wanted him by the end of that month, one of my prayers was that by the end of that month, he would begin to see me, not as this guy who shows up to play with him, but as daddy. Or, or Papa, as they say in Russian. And every day, you know, it's attachment with, for those who, who are listening who have been through adoption, you know that attachment can take a long time. So it's probably a little naive and advantageous for me to think that could happen in a month. But I was praying for that. Well, one day, I'm standing there and I feel his hand grab mine and he had never done that. Hmm. And my heart leapt. And it just for a moment... I sat there and I thought, is, is it happening? Is he seeing me as daddy? Well, then he begins to lead me across the room. 
And so I go with him, and before long, we're standing in front of a shelf that went almost to the ceiling. It was a low ceiling, about an eight-foot ceiling. I'm 6'2". He's a little bitty. And he starts pointing to the top shelf at a, to a toy that he can't reach. And he just starts saying in Russian, and I don't remember the word, but he keeps just saying that, that, that. And so it occurs to me, he didn't grab my hand because he wanted me, and he didn't grab my hand because he saw me as daddy. He grabbed my hand because I was the one big enough to get what he really wanted, Mm. and it wasn't me. And in that moment, I don't say this just because pastors always have the, you have to make it uber spiritual, but really and truly, in that moment, it was not audibly, but it was if the Lord whispered in my ear, this is what you do with me. Mm. You come grab my hand. And you come to me, not because you really want me, not because you really long to be satisfied deeply in me, and not because you see me as Abba, Father, as Daddy, to be filled to the fullest because you were created for me and redeemed in me. You just take me to the shelves in your life. And it's okay to ask God for things. That's not the point of the analogy. <laughs> I've had people sometimes say, well, are we not supposed to ask God for things? No, no, no. no. Just one point to the analogy. Not Not many, but you just grab my hand so that you can lead me to the shelves in your life and tell me, would you get that for me? Would you get that? You're bigger than I am. So will you get it as opposed to now? I want, I want to be so dependent upon you, Lord, that I am filled by you. You are the one uh, in whom I, whom I'm deeply satisfied. You know, I think of Psalm 73, Um, whom have I in heaven, but you, and there's nothing on this earth that I desire besides you. My flesh and my heart may fail. But you, you, oh, Lord, you are the strength of my heart and my portion forever. We started out our program talking about how do we get kids that are fully surrendered Mm. and walking radically independently upon Jesus, that kind of parent Mm. who is taking God's hand every day, not because of what they can get, but because of who he is. I think if I have a life mantra, it is to be totally and completely sold out to him. Like you give him everything, yeah. everything. You don't hold anything back because when you are before him and you've given him everything, that's to me when true life begins. Yeah. It's not easy and it doesn't mean you won't have hardship. Sure. But there's something about walking with a father who wants to be with you at all costs, at all times, to be with you, that knows you, that sees you, that hears you. And he fills me, all of us. Wouldn't we say, like, that's where we want to be? Yeah. Totally rooted and dependent. Yeah, and as we've said over the last two days, you have to know him so intimately to know that's who he is. Because yeah. I, I do think even our kids in the next generation, many are tending to walk away, I think, because of what you just got at. It's I came a fluffy to, gospel. I, yep. you know, I came to a God I thought would give me this. Right. And it's not working out that way. I'm walking away. And I think the shelf for a lot of us is if I, if I follow Jesus, he'll make my marriage better. Yeah. If I follow Jesus, he'll... And I'm not saying he doesn't do that. God definitely is the center of making our marriage. But it's like, wow, when it doesn't go as we think, we're like, I don't I'm letting go of this hand. And we don't know him as our father. Mm. And when you really get to know him as your father, you're like, how could I ever walk away from Mm. him? Because I've I've experienced I've tasted and seen the Lord is good. And then to ask the question, when was the last time Mm. I did something that I thought I cannot do this apart from 
Jesus. Yeah. Like to step out in faith, something radical, not because we should or we're saying you should yeah. do that, but it's because you're feeling God's nudge, like step out, yeah. step out. When's the last time that uh, that we attempted something so great for God yes. that it's doomed to fail unless God be in it? You know, one last thing maybe I could say here is that just to encourage all of us, we have to be people of the book, the Bible. Mm-hmm. We have to be. We have to know the word. And here's why. It anchors us so deeply in what is true, in the one who is truth, but then what is true. And one of the things that occurred to me as I was prepping for teaching this and then writing the book, how many people, how many people do we read about in the scriptures who devoted themselves fully to the Lord that God used in amazing ways, as broken as they are, just like us? Did they get what they wanted in terms of earthly desires i just say that to say this but what did so many of them get in return Mm -hmm. they got the lord Uh, they experienced the flourishing of knowing god and being known by him and that's irreplaceable we want to thank dave and ann wilson and their team for another edition of family life today Although our programs are produced in America, the issues facing families like forgiveness, communication and taking care of our kids transcend national borders. These issues profoundly affect relationships everywhere. In Australia, family life is known as power to change and our mission is to effectively develop godly families, the kind of families that change the world one home at a time. A key part of our mission includes strengthening marriages and families all around the world. We want to do whatever we can to bring timeless truths to the challenges you face as you seek to strengthen your family and join us in changing the world. Do you need some practical help in your relationship and aren't quite sure where to turn? We offer relationship checkups where you will meet with one of our trained relationship coaches who will help equip you with some new tools while you take a more holistic look at your relationship. For more information, email radio at powertochange.org.au or check out our website families.powertochange.org.au under the Need Help tab and get started today. Have a great weekend and please join us on Monday at the same time for another edition of Family Life Today. Thank you.